0: Welcome to another episode of Teaching and Learning Champions. I'm Matt Evans, Director of Instructional Technology and Digital Resources in the Teaching and Learning Excellence Division at ACC. Today I'm joined by Monique Johnson-Jones, Executive Director of Learning Support Services and Stephen Christopher, Associate Vice President of Student Accessibility and Social Support Resources. As we talk about the academic and non-academic supports, that, that promote student learning and persistence. Monique and Stephen, thank you for joining me today. Thank
1: you for having me. Thank you for having us.
0: Monique, let's go ahead and start with you. Uh, what can you tell us uh, about the goals and the missions of the area that you oversee?
2: I oversee the ACC Learning Labs, academic coaching and supplemental instruction. I can tell you specifically that the mission of those academic enrichment areas is to help students to become both independent and active learners in order to achieve academic success. And this is academic success, how the student defines it. Um, The students are the central focus of all of those areas. And we really train to be responsive to the needs of the students uh, in those areas. That's the overall mission. Now, our goal is to, or a few of our goals, Are to develop positive attitudes uh, towards learning to help our students to do this. um, To provide a number of approaches to tutoring or to use a number of approaches uh, tutoring uh, for the level and the skills of the students who visit these areas. We also want to um, introduce students to the culture of higher education for those who are familiar with it, uh, who may have started and stopped out to reintroduce them to that culture. And we also provide services and resources for faculty and staff as well, uh, to help uh, enhance both the classroom experience and the out-of-classroom experience at ACC. And last but not least, uh, we work to support the academic standards and requirements of ACC.
0: That sounds like you you have your hands full there, Monique.
2: I really do, I I oversee three district-wide programs and one of them is uh, academic coaching was new Upon my arrival and under the leadership of uh, Monica Bermicki, the academic coach supervisor, it has it has grown and it continues to grow. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. That's great. And we talked to Monica Burmicki uh, last uh, last month, actually, in one of our podcasts as well. Mm -hmm. Stephen, let's jump over to you. What can you tell us about the goals or missions uh, of the area that you oversee?
1: So uh, student accessibility and social support resources includes um, student accessibility services known as SAS uh, locally that uh, serves students with disabilities. Uh, It includes the uh, uh, interpreter services which um, includes sign language interpreters as well as uh, CART services and closed captioning for instructional material. Uh, We do all that. Uh, We also have what's called an alternative uh, text and media production which uh, converts uh, inaccessible instructional material into accessible instructional material mostly for our blind and visually impaired but also for students that have um, processing challenges and need uh, material presented in a a different format for them and then we also have our support center student uh, our support center which focuses on Uh, students who are uh, very low-income who are attending college. We do all this in in this area has been pulled under one administrative umbrella um, because the students we uh, work with are students who require uh, additional supports beyond what the college uh, typically offers. So for example, students with disabilities up to the college, they need additional supports in terms of accommodations uh, and other kinds of supports um, that level the playing field for them to be able to attend. Um, In the the support center world, uh, students who are very low income actually come under resourced and need additional resources just to attend, uh, let alone to um, be retained and to complete. Those uh, resources include things like um, childcare and textbook support, uh, emergency financial aid, um, uh, intensive case management to help them work through uh, whatever issues they bring with them. What our, uh, our goals are, are uh, to we measure the performance of our students, Uh, against the baseline of all students and the measurements uh, include retention, staying in courses in the current semester, persistence, uh, re-enrolling from one semester to the next, and then of course completion. And we measure that against the baseline of all students um, and look to um, uh, at least meet that level and generally we are above the baseline of all students when you measure against those um, three areas.
0: Oh, and just like Monique, it sounds like you have your hands full with all those services you provide.
1: (laughs) Well, Matt, specifically right now, um, we've just released the uh, CARES funds for um, our our students. And while that is being managed by the financial aid office and hats off to them, uh, it just opened up uh, yesterday About 24 hours ago, and uh, we've already had over uh, 2300 requests come in um, for for assistance. Um, It's really been quite overwhelming. So uh, some of those get um, uh, referred to the support center for additional um, support. So, yes, we got our hands full. Uh,
0: Monique, uh, what types of support is available to students to help encourage them uh, to continue in their coursework, to, to have that persistence through uh, through their educational time here?
2: First and foremost to aid in retention and persistence, we provide free tutoring um, and it amazes me sometimes that the students that we serve, they don't know that those services, that those tutoring services are free. You know, they will come to us um, for a referral. Uh, for a tutor that they're willing to pay. And I love bursting their bubble and letting them know, no, we provide free tutoring services for you. Um, Right now we're providing online tutoring. Uh, We provide uh, computers in the learning labs for student use. We provide uh, handouts and study guides for students. We provide on the Riverside campus, uh, tutors who are uh, trained to assist the deaf and the hearing impaired. Uh, we have assisted devices on some of the computers uh, to help support those students who Steve probably sees in his area. We provide screen readers, uh, magnification software, uh, workstations. We provide listening devices, recording devices. We provide all of the bells and whistles. Um, we Tend to do exactly what our mission states, and that's to adapt to the needs of the students and train ourselves so that we can better serve them. So those are the support that we provide in my area, mm-hmm. across the area. So in academic coaching, uh, because it's outside of the learning labs, a lot of people they hear my name and immediately it's learning labs and learning labs and learning labs, and why I can understand it because uh, yearly we serve. 20,000 plus, we have 20,000 plus visits to the learning lab. Uh, When I say yearly, and I need to correct myself, that's uh, every semester. So every semester, 20,000 plus visits to the learning lab. But we also have academic coaching uh, that is highly used and continues to grow, as well as SI that's been proven to work. So those supports, all of those supports, assist our students to um, achieve whatever their goals are upon their arrival to ACC. Yes.
1: May I add to uh, Monique's uh, response about assistive technology for for students, uh, that has, uh, those students have essentially raised their hands uh, to us and say, you know, we need help when we go into these different services here. We're talking about learning labs and things like that. So uh, we were instrumental in in, um, getting district wide licenses for uh, the screen readers, the screen enlargement, um, uh, I often consult with Monique and or the lab managers about what specifically do we need in, in the lab and uh, our staff work with them closely. So there's, I, my, my point is there's a, a, a large connection between yeah. our two areas and other areas that we work well together. They provide the service. Uh, we can oftentimes provide the, the, uh, the, the technical consultation to make sure that they're, helping all students who come into their doors.
2: Yes sir.
1: Excellent.
0: Steve, what types of resources do your teams provide to students to help them with the non-academic challenges of being enrolled in classes?
1: Matt, I'm so glad you asked that and you asked it in that way. Um, what I'm helping the college understand, uh, I hope, is that um, the the false dichotomy between academic and non-academic challenges that students face. As a uh, open enrollment institution, uh, students come with their whole selves and oftentimes their family when they come and enroll. And so the out of classroom challenges that they uh, confront um, directly affect their in-classroom performance. So we really um, don't want to separate, say, well, they have academic issues, they have non-academic issues. Um, For uh, for example, we do focus on what we call essential needs, which a lot of people call basic needs, food, clothing, housing, things like that. You go, oh, well, that's non-academic. Well, if you're sitting in class, Uh, And you're hungry or you're sitting in class and you don't know where your money will come for uh, rent for your next rent payment, which many of our students are um, confronted with right now. Uh, They are focused on those um, very personal needs instead of uh, mastering the uh, challenging course content that they have to master in order to succeed in the class so those um, challenges are intermixed one with the other and to separate it out from a a academic um, challenge is really somewhat of a misnomer so our students come and and, and it's important to to understand the difference all of us uh, I've had this conversation with Monique uh, at at staff meetings and things but all of us generally come from a four-year a college or university and typically residential background. And so our mindset is, um, well that's how you come to college. But the reality is that our students are much different. They, um, 80% of them are part-time, 80% of them work. So they come to our campus typically, although not right now with our with our um, COVID-19 situation. In normal times, they come to our campus and they leave right away. And when they come to our campus, they come with everything um, that they're engaged with in the rest of their life and they bring it to us. Our role is to help them address those needs that they bring with them. So we do focus on um, basic needs food, clothing, housing uh, in uh, the student life area. We have the food pantries, which um, help our students. We also have uh, mobile food distribution um, set up. We have uh, that at the Riverside campus once a month. Um, the, our partners with the uh, Central Texas Food Bank are, are looking to expand that to other uh, uh, campuses, and we're supportive of that. Um, Housing is a little bit more challenging. Um, Right now, there's a uh, meeting with the city. They have just um, uh, released some funds to help renters with um, short-term rent needs. Well, that's our students and uh, we, of course, will link into that uh, in any way we can to um, uh, either direct our students or get access to those funds. We also have uh, what are called emergency assistance funds, which are uh, in heavy demand right now that they will pay help students pay for any unanticipated uh, expense that would cause them to um, withdraw uh, from one or more of the classes. Um, So really, and and our staff, we're staffed with um, social workers primarily. That is a space that um, colleges um, typically have not had in the past, but they uh, recognize that um, our students do come as whole people, and they have uh, the issues of their life with them. And if we uh, can't, if we can help address those issues, we will have higher performing and more successful students in the classroom.
0: Well, I'm not even quite sure how to respond to all that, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things that um, uh, neither of you have mentioned yet, and I realized as I was preparing for uh, today's interview that I did not build into my notes, but if faculty members are listening to this and they have students in one or more of their classes that uh, are in need of various types of support, whether it's uh, you know the social support under, uh, under you, Steve, or uh, tutoring or other types of uh, assistance under Monique. Where can faculty point these students to as an intake process? Is it uh, student initiated? Is it faculty initiated? Uh, what, is, what does that look like from a faculty member standpoint if they have students that are in need of support? Uh, Steve, why don't we go ahead and start with you.
1: Well, I was going to let the uh, prettier one go first. Let let Monique go. But uh, so as part of our work in the uh, uh, student emergency fund area, we realized that getting the word out to students and faculty uh, were really important. Faculty, of course, are the front line. They are the people who see students more than any person in student affairs or anywhere else in the college. They see them every class period uh, if the student attends. So what we did is we go, how do we get the word out to students? Well, one of the things, a project that we started last year and completed was to put the um, social support resources and other resources in the master syllabus. There is a section in the master syllabus that uh, includes uh, a listing of the services that we have and other folks have, and contact information. So um, it is in every, or it can be in every syllabus if faculty start with the master syllabus and then craft it for their particular services. However, that's not enough, and, and the point is well taken that. We hear students and faculty say, I never knew about X, Y, and Z. I didn't know you all offered that. Uh, I'm sure Monique will will carry the same message too. Um, The marketing and messaging of our services is a constant and ongoing um, uh, project that we do in many different ways. We have uh, hard copy Uh, posters around campuses. We have, um, obviously we have the website, we have um, digital content, uh, working with our our digital boards um, to put up ads um, about our services. Uh, We do class visits, we talk with uh, faculty, we go to division meetings, department meetings, um, and it is a continuous process. But of course everyone knows, you know, ACC eleven campuses spread across a vast area with lots of adjuncts um, coming in um, and uh, and so it is an ongoing project to let people know, let faculty know, let staff know, and of course most importantly let students know about our services.
2: I'm going to echo right. some of those same sentiments that Steve just stated. Um, First and foremost, the learning lab managers at the beginning of every semester, uh, they schedule classroom visits. They personally go to the classrooms and give presentations on the resources and the support that are available in the learning labs That's across the district, all 11 campuses. Um, We ask and encourage instructors to include incentives on the syllabus. If students visit, you know, the learning labs and they will receive extra credit bonus points, things of that nature. Um, And one thing that we do that I think works the best is we hire adjunct faculty. And they're called uh, IAs or instructional associates to serve as tutors in the learning labs. And that way, students are encouraged to come to the learning lab to receive help and they know about it. So that if a student is struggling and having trouble, that professor can simply say, uh, Well, come and meet with me in the learning lab, um, I'm providing services that day. And we also encourage adjuncts and instructors to hold their office hours in the learning labs to encourage students to have to come there if for a meeting that may not have anything to do with content or struggle in the course, but hey, they realize I didn't know this was here and then to cultivate that habit of coming. Um, we just make ourselves visible across the district, our river bat- bashes, we, we want to be there at the table, uh, department, division chair meetings. Um, we invite instructors from time to time to attend our uh, manager's meetings just to ask and to have a conversation with them to see and know whether or not we're providing what they need, how can we be of assistance, what can help. It's all of that. And it's the um, advertising, it's the boards, uh, the monitors, uh, you know, the posters in the elevator, word of mouth. Um, And the, I guess another uh, way that we encourage students and we get the word out and we let instructors know is we do our jobs because when we work and we really do help students to succeed in a class, you would be surprised at how effective that is in getting other students to come to the learning lab and for instructors to go oh my god this student told me you all help them with this paper i have been struggling with this concept or to get it across maybe you all can do it and all of a sudden you know uh, then there there there's an influx of students coming there so it pretty much works the same way as steve said you just and it's a constant thing we can never let up So fall semester, we do all of those things. Spring semester, we do all of those things. Summer semester, we do all of those things. It's just scaled down during the summer. But we can never let up because um, we just can't. We have to be a constant reminder. And then in order for us to uh, remain current and to check ourselves and to assess what we're doing, we have to. Uh, keep going out there we have to keep inviting persons into our areas and that's across the board si does it academic coaching they do it with the visits with the presentation with the monitors with the word of mouth with the success stories and we share those to tell students hey look at where the students started look at the value added look at where they are this too can be you and that that's how we
0: do it yeah that's that's excellent thank you very much uh, Monique, how, has, how have your areas changed or adapted since uh, the college's adoption of Guided Pathways?
2: <laughs> We've become a bit more robust, if that makes sense. Um, we have all the parts and pieces that were there. Um, and I believe, well, for the learning labs, I know this is true. They've always been attentive to the needs of the students. Uh, SI uh, hasn't been there as long as the learning labs and then academic coaching was fairly new. And so we had to really become robust in those two areas of academic coaching and supplemental instruction with the learning labs. And the other two areas uh, in conjunction with that, we had to become more intentional in our efforts to serve the students with the onset of guided pathways and so it's we have all of these services we have these supports we have these resources now let's figure out and let's be intentional about um, helping these students collaborating across the board getting them to succeed in the way that they want to succeed be it a completion of a degree a certification uh, transferring whatever that was And so with Guided Pathways, we had to really pay close attention to the way we communicated not only um, with 1, another within our areas, but outside of our areas, I know for a fact, uh, academic coaching works very closely with the advisor under, you know, with Kathy James and, you know, we have Mary Gilmer who's over supplemental instruction, So she works closely with the instructors of the campus in order to make that program. Um, be at its best to serve the students and to help them succeed, to retain and to engage, because that's the pillar where we fall under more so in Guided Pathways, uh, in student engagement and persistence, and helping to retain them in those areas. And so um, we just become a bit more intentional. We also had to ramp up opportunities for. Uh, All of those uh, persons who report to me and who um, work with me in my areas to learn more about all of the areas of the college. We, our goal was not to become experts, but we all had to become competent. So that when a student came to us, we would cause no harm and we would know we cannot do this. We are not the experts. Let's know where to refer those students. And so we had to offer more opportunities for our employees to learn about those services, the professional developments of ACC. Let's get out into these meetings. Let's see what's going over um, in student accessibility services and let's know what's going over in student accessibility services. Same Thing for advising. We may not be financial aid experts, but let us know the basics. And um, one way that we were able to do that across the board was registration station. So all of the staff persons in the learning labs, uh, Mary Gilmer, her team, Monica and her team, we all had to train to help to Let's, let's register our students and that registration process afforded us the opportunity to learn about all of those areas and just to become um, better equipped employees so that we can be more effective and be more intentional in our efforts for student
1: engagement and persistence. Excellent. Steve. Well, Monica said it all. So, I mean, Monique said it all. So. <laughs> you go. Uh, actually, no. The uh, the uh, guided pathways is a concept to help uh, students um, focus their energies on following a path to completion. Uh, it it does away with the uh, cafeteria model where you have everything available to you as a student and you don't really know necessarily what to pick. Our students, um, as, as in a general sense, um, do not have the um, uh, institutional savvy to know how to um, uh, manage their way through that um, cafeteria model. The Guided Pathways uh, concept allows for a much clearer path for our students who Um, don't have the experience of uh, post-secondary education, oftentimes don't have uh, family, immediate family, who have had that experience to help them with it. So the Guided Pathways is actually very helpful for our students. That said, our services um, uh, do not align with any particular pathway. They uh, overlay all pathways. The way it has helped our staff, and therefore our students, is it's articulated um, each uh, area within the guided pathway beyond the discipline. So it helps us understand the needs of our students within a broader area, within a broader context, and allows us to address those issues uh, while we do address issues uh, class by class, course by course, and discipline by discipline. This helps us um, conceptualize, for example, in DemCat, what kind of supports might be needed for uh, students in those areas. And then of course, we look at specific disciplines uh, within liberal arts in um, the health sciences. So that concept of a guided pathway has been helpful for our students to um, take away all the noise and clutter that, Um, of of all the programs that ACC offers and allows them to focus on just their general uh, area of interest. Um, And so that has helped us pivot on our support services for students um, and helped us focus them uh, on on completing and, and persisting and completing their work at the college. Great. Right. Excellent.
0: Steve, with all the work your groups have been doing, <clears throat> what type of feedback have you received from students on the impact of your services as it relates to their persistence in their courses or their degree programs?
1: Great question, Matt. So there's a number of ways that we um, slice that. One is um, through our data collection that tells us the story of how our students are doing. Again, we collect data on retention, persistence, completion, a couple of other things too. We disaggregate it by uh, race, ethnicity, and gender. So that tells us um, uh, how our students are doing uh, in general and gives us um, uh, information to uh, improve programming and services but we also talk directly to students. We talk to them in a number of different ways. Um, the most general way is we have an ongoing uh, student satisfaction survey, which students do call out different programs and say, you know, this program totally helped me. Uh, this one really needs some uh, help um, to improve. Um, so those, that student satisfaction survey is ongoing. But the key piece, the key feedback that we get is through our intentional case management support that we offer with students. We develop, um, uh, it is based on Vincent Tinto's uh, retention um, uh, work about how do we retain students in a uh, academic, in a post, in a post-secondary environment. And in a nutshell, his um, research showed that uh, developing a relationship, a strong relationship with a trusted uh, faculty or staff person can uh, make statistically significant differences in a student's ability to persist and complete their coursework. So our services are built on that model where our staff have long term relationships. Uh, with students, not one semester, not two semesters, but when you come to us, we will walk the walk with you until um, hopefully you complete your um, your educational uh, goals. So during those um, conversations, and they are not one-way conversations, they are two-way conversations where our students tell us what they need, what works for them, what doesn't work. Because that is essential for um, designing a, a program specifically for that student. What works for you? What do you need? What do you need me to do differently? What do you need the program to do differently? So we get that feedback on a day by day, week by week, month by month basis. And we adjust our programming based on what the students tell us directly.
2: Right. So, for my area, um, (laughs) pre-COVID-19, we would uh, have student surveys every semester and they would be available in the learning lab. Um, Some managers like to have them um, after uh, a tutoring session. Some managers give it once a semester. But I can tell you that students are very honest in the assessment of the services that they receive in the learning lab. And I'm going to. pinpoint the learning lab specifically and talk the most about them, because that's the area we serve the most students there. Um, one of the ways in which we adjusted with the onset of guided pathways, as I stated earlier, was that we provided more opportunities for those persons in learning support services, learning labs, specifically, academic coaching and SI to learn about other areas of the institution to just become better employees, better um, servant leaders, you know, to these students. And so we do so through both tutor training and a tutor conference that's held every other year at the Eastern <laughs> campus. During the lunch break at our tutor conference. Um, we run comments of students who have been served in the learning labs. And the students, what we've noticed, and there are hundreds, just hundreds of student feedback. And what we notice, the student, nine times out of ten, is going to pinpoint a specific person. As opposed to speaking about a particular course, a subject, a service, it's the person that makes the difference. Which is why we spend a lot of time in my area focusing on, um, in, you know, improvement of that individual, that employee. So through those surveys, through that feedback, um, students let us know whether or not what we're doing, whether or not it's working. Um, it's word of mouth. Uh, the same way that we converse and we uh, communicate with the instructors, students do as well. They will state what they need and what's not being provided. And we do our best to make the adjustments to provide it. Um, also, um, we, it's a two-way conversation, as Steve said. So, you know, the students talk, we talk, we go back and forth. Uh, one of the uh, times I can remember where the student's voice was heard and we had to make some adjustments, hours of operation, which that is still to this day an ongoing conversation. But at one point the roar was so loud, the feedback from the students that was so loud that we had to do something. Um, You know, the weekend hours and it was stated, you know, oh, well, we don't need the labs on Sundays. You know, we can just have a few hours on a Saturday, but Sunday to save resources and, you know, we can just open, you know, Monday through Saturday. Well, I can specifically, I still hear the echoes of the students who uh, visit and who are served by the South Austin campus. Uh, No way because Sunday was their day. And so we couldn't ignore that. And we had the data, Steve said, we used data to to try to make informed decisions. We had the data to support the student traffic on a Sunday at the South uh, South Austin Learning Lab. And so we had to adjust those hours of operation uh, mid semester, believe it or not. That roar became that loud. And I was happy to do so. Uh, Because the students were telling us, voicing their needs, and um, we had to at least try to meet them where they were in order to continue to help them. Um, Students uh, for academic coaching, it's the same way. That's more easy. Now, I started this statement off saying, uh, pre-COVID, that's what we did. Now, you know, that we're in the thick of COVID-19 and providing these online services. Students are given the opportunity after every online tutoring session, every online academic coaching session, uh, the SI session to provide immediate feedback. And so, uh, you know, I monitor that uh, if not daily, weekly to see what adjustments need to be made. And I have had to make a few, uh, you know, just because to tamper down on any confusion. Uh, that we were presenting to the students in the way that we were doing our jobs. And so now it's immediate feedback that we're working with. And at the end of all of this, I'm hoping to get a comprehensive picture of what really worked, what really didn't, and um, in the future to help improve those services to our students.
1: Matt, can I add to that the feedback that students give us? Um, uh, I was struck by what Monique said about um, the hours of operation And some of the feedback they they give us is without actually talking to us. It takes us to be on campus to see that there is a remarkable difference between the students that are there early in the day. uh, Midday late in the day uh, in the evening and on weekends, you can just see that those are completely different populations of students they are giving us feedback by their mere presence. It is incumbent on us as faculty and staff to be aware of that difference and to raise our voices um, that we provide services that are um, tailored to those different groups of students. And I, 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 I will say it, the eight to five Uh, no longer works for our students because we're open longer. Uh, Students work all day, they come at the end of the day and they go, oh, hey, I wanna do X, Y, and Z. Oh, every office is closed if I'm here at seven at night on on a Wednesday or Thursday. So um, they give us their feedback by their mere presence and it is incumbent on us to uh, pay attention to who they are uh, both as individuals and as a group. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, the last question I have is on
0: topic. Um, are there any projects or initiatives around, um, uh, the projects going on in your offices that would be beneficial for faculty and staff to know, uh, as it relates to, uh, you know, guided pathways, um, you know, supporting faculty or students. Um, Projects either happening now or things coming down the pipeline that you want to make mention of. Uh, Monique, do you want to go first?
2: Uh, Yes, I will. Nothing new. I I say that and then at the same time, I'm like, is it new? But now that we've gone completely online with all of the services um, that I oversee, I don't see us going back to where these services are. No longer offered online. We were already in the thick of growing online tutoring. Now it's just gained momentum and it's it's not going to lose steam. So uh, now faculty just need to know about it so that they can help the students to adapt to this new normal Uh, academic coaching that area piloted online academic coaching, I believe, spring of 2019. But now here we are. So I don't see us from this point forward going backwards. So we're just going to have to learn to improve our services online. Supplemental instruction was the program that was the last to come to the party of online services. Um, Even um, on campus, it was mostly paper. And so it was a huge quantum leap, uh, you know, COVID-19 era that uh, supplemental instruction We have to learn learn quickly adapt figure out what works and what does not so the projects and initiatives now that faculty uh, need to be aware of that I am currently working on making sure that they're aware of is that these services are going to continue to grow online and I just need for them to work with us to improve those services and to promote them with the students uh, and to use uh, what we're going to provide those resources and they're going to come in the form of you know short videos and snippets of uh, certain uh, topics and areas in certain courses uh those heavily enrolled courses where we may notice you know a lot a majority of students struggle with this particular topic this concept why wait on the struggle to come let's just make the video you know use the ias videotape them post dates and times when they're going to be played like the, work with the faculty to get them to tell their students and student at, students at their leisure can play the video we'll record them so we're moving towards that area. And those would be, um, I say, technology-wise, that's going to be the core of our projects and initiatives uh, for learning support services here in the very near future. Mm -hmm.
1: Great.
0: Steve, how about yours?
1: Well, Matt, um, I want to make our listeners aware that we are recording this in the middle of um, uh, campus shutdown and COVID-19. Um, And currently all our classes are online and currently all our services are online that has, uh, of course, required faculty to do um, a great deal of of work to re-engineer their instructional delivery. But also on the student support side, uh, where previously I talked about uh, case management and a lot of uh, individual uh, one on ones with students has required us to pivot and uh, become comfortable uh, in an online environment. That as uh, to echo what uh, Monique said, um, that practice will stay with us as we return to campus and it will provide uh, additional platforms for us to work with students. Interestingly enough, the students have been ready for this for a long time. And uh, it's been our staff who've been somewhat reluctant to uh, uh, do things uh, differently. That said, now that they have um, uh, dipped their toes in the water of doing them differently, they're like, "Hey, this is pretty good. I, I can, I can work with this." And so they are um, um, adapting to delivering services online, and that is something that uh, we will. Uh, uh, initiate and, and support moving forward as we get out and back on campus. Um, there's another initiative that um, I'm very excited about, and it is not yet uh, become a reality, but I hope to put it out there, put it out there in the universe and uh, hope that it, uh, it uh, comes to fruition. And that is something called a, a student advocacy or resource center, which is a one-stop, uh, location for students to get um, the general social supports that they need. Uh, that in, could include and, and not limited to, of course, uh, food uh, assistance, pantry, social services, uh, emergency aid, perhaps even uh, mental health counseling, financial counseling, um, uh, even uh, legal aid uh, support. All in one location uh, that's prominent uh, on um, pro- probably on the uh, destination campuses. Uh, we probably can't do that at every campus. Um, that is something that uh, I've put in um, the uh, academic master plan for um, the next uh, 2020 through 2025. Uh, I hope that um, that gains traction. It has gained traction, actually. It's a matter of resources, and it really requires us to restructure our services. Uh, i going to give a shout out to the accelerator, similar to the accelerator, where a student comes in and they are surrounded by the support and services that they need. They don't go shopping from office to office to, to get the support that they need. So, um, this um, advocacy resource center concept is very similar to that. The student comes in and they're surrounded with the services they need uh, seamlessly uh, and efficiently, and then they can go on and go about their business.
0: That'd be a very uh, uh, much appreciated resource, I'm sure, by the students, if, that, if, that was, if that's able to come to fruition. Um, All right, last question I have for you, which is not necessarily related to Guided Pathways at all, but uh, sort of a grab bag question. Uh, Is there anything that's giving you, well, today's Friday, so is there anything that's giving you uh, Riverbat Pride this week? Uh, Monique, do you want to go ahead and start? Uh,
2: Yes, shout out to my online tutoring manager. Uh, We realized students were getting confused when they signed up for, uh, say, help in chemistry because our listing of offerings for online tutoring. So, you know, they see chemistry, but they really needed help in organic chemistry, which is completely different from from, uh, general chemistry. And so it was causing a delay and when a student would receive services, they were being bounced around until they arrived upon a tutor who was trying in organic. And so uh, immediately it was noted Deidre worked with a couple of other managers and as of yesterday by noon, I think the problem developed on Monday. By- maybe doing them a disservice Wednesday by noon or, you know, the list was completely revamped, revised, specified as soon as a student, if you needed general chemistry 1, 2, organic 1, 2, and they just, they just came together and they just did it. They just got it done. And so that gives the river back pride in that knowing that a student now they're not being bounced around because we, We don't encourage that type of referral system, you know, when we're on campus. And so it was just, I was really proud of my team for resolving that challenge as quickly as they did.
1: That's excellent. Great. Steve, how about you? Riverbat pride. I am bursting with riverbat pride um, this week and over the last couple of weeks. Our current COVID-19 crisis has really accelerated the college's development of a culture of caring for our students. Um, It has manifest uh, from our president, Dr. Rhodes, on down to senior administration, uh, to mid-management, and certainly to our student-facing staff. Um, the care and support that they have um, given, the lengths to which they have gone to um, support our students in a variety of different ways. Um, Right now, at this moment, our uh, financial aid colleagues are uh, bending, but certainly not breaking under the um, amount of requests that are coming in as a result of the uh, CARES funding. Our support center staff are in the trenches with them, also uh, managing the uh, requests that that, uh, move beyond the uh, CARES, initial CARES screening. All that uh, goes to say that our college is, um, is, is fully engaged in supporting our students. Uh, fully engaged in caring for them and fully engaged in helping them to move forward in their um, academic uh, goals and to achieve their, uh, the promise that they had hoped uh, they would have when they entered into ACC. So um, my heart is bursting for the entire college.
0: Well, that's uh, certainly from both of you, a lot to to be thankful for, um, to have pride for um, this week. So thank you very much. Uh, And on behalf of the faculty and staff uh, at at the college, I wanna thank you both, not only for joining me today on this podcast to talk about what your uh, teams provide uh, for support to our students, but uh, for being such great advocates uh, for our students as well. Um, It's clear from everything you guys have both talked about uh, in the last, Last 45 minutes or so um, that you and your teams are going uh, above and beyond to provide as many uh, um, uh, support services as, as 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 is imaginable. And so uh, I want to thank you for uh, for all that you're doing.
1: Matt, Thank you. For uh, well, that wraps us. up another.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, that wraps up another episode of teaching and learning champions. Don't forget that you can view blog posts for each episode on the TLED website. I also encourage you to subscribe to the ACC District Podcasts on any of your preferred podcast apps, or listen to individual episodes on the TLED website. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll chat next time on TLC at ACC.